Yiddish was the mamalotion or mother tongue that almost all Jewish immigrants to America were speaking when they arrived between 1890 and about 1925. Max Tickton is a professor of Hebrew and Yiddish at George Washington University in Washington, D.C. He grew up speaking Yiddish at home and still speaks it whenever he can. Here is a spontaneous story that he made up in Yinglish, a unique combination of English and Yiddish one still sometimes hears in New York and other large cities. I was walking down the street, and there I saw a very interesting maidel, and I wanted to invite her to lunch, and I was going to give her some bagel and cream cheese and see what it is, but she wanted to make sure, was I really a maven? I know, so this led to her recognizing that what I'd given was a spiel, but it led also to an interesting schmooze, and before we know it, we had a nosh, one with, and it was just wonderful. Um, I don't want to tell you any more, because the rest of it is another mice, it's another story. <laughs> Wherever Jews have lived throughout their millennia-long history, they have adapted the language of their host country to fit their own communities and religious culture. Yiddish developed in that way. Professor Tickton explains that about 80% of Yiddish derives from German. But with significant changes in pronunciation and usage, 15% uh, uh, that come from Hebrew, 5% that are Slavic, and a certain number of words uh, that actually uh, came into Yiddish from uh, English, so that when Jews worked in New York City uh, and uh, they wrote back to their relatives in Eastern Europe, they said, I got a very good payday which means I got a good salary, and that was the English word payday, which became a Yiddish word even in Poland. But the influence of Yiddish on English has been more pervasive. It's a process that Professor Tickton says continues to this day, with Yiddish words constantly being added to new editions of American dictionaries. Mr. Tickton offers several examples, beginning with schlep. It starts with a meaning to drag and it has the overtone of heavy work and that sort of thing. And then if you want to say about a person who's in your society who, oh, God, he's a drag on all of us, and you make a noun out of it, and you say, he's a big schlep. But he also, if he was a good listener, entered into a schmooze, which is a back-and-forth conversation and comes originally from a Hebrew word, which means you hear and I hear. It's like Shema, like Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, which is a central part of Hebrew language prayers. Uh, I don't want to schlep along any further. I just don't want to drag any further. But there are words like spiel, which means a game or a play, um, or it can mean uh, something where you just he's you had a he he gave me a big spiel, which means he he just talked and talked. You can say, for example. What I'm doing right now is I'm giving you a big spiel about the Yiddish language and how it has entered into uh, American life in many, many ways. One big way that Yiddish entered American life was through the stomach, in the form of the delicious food sold in Jewish delicatessens. Will you taste this? It's a really good nosh. I think you'll like it. And if you like it, you'll have to appreciate the fact that I'm a maven. I really am a connoisseur. I really know the difference between good food and bad food. And what would you like for breakfast? Would you like your bagel? A bagel is a, 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 a baked object which uh, has become <laughs> well-known throughout the United States. And it really means uh, food that has been bent and formed into a kind of a donut shape. As the children of Jewish immigrants entered schools, went into business, and assimilated into other American settings, 
they often took favorite Yiddish phrases with them, and often the Gentiles liked what they heard. The word kosher is one common example, as Professor Tickton explains. Kosher was originally a word that had to do with proper food and had to do with the laws of what foods were permitted and not permitted to be eaten by Jews who were observant of the religion. But the usage expanded, so it didn't deal only with proper food, it dealt with proper thinking and proper action of any kind. It's the proper way to do it, and the non-Jewish person would hear that word, would find it useful, and would, it would enter into his usage. Mr. Tickton speculates that another reason Yiddish words achieved currency among non-Jewish Americans was their Hamish quality. Hamish comes from the German word for homey, which in the Jewish context means cozy. They are linked with and the, the, the family, the two- and three-generation family. And that kind of thing is always interesting and even attractive to, uh, to others as they look at American Jewish life in the past and, in, and even in the, in the present. Yiddish is, loves diminutives. So we won't even say baby, but we'll say little baby. And sometimes they'll say teeny-weeny baby. So it'll be boobalala. Or Professor Max Tickton says that Yiddish words continue to enter American life through the entertainment industry, a field where Jews predominate. A word like verklempt, which definitely started in Saturday Night Live TV program, it means all choked up and uh, in bad shape. Uh, cl- uh, you're clamped up inside you is, is, the, is the origin of it. Now we'll hear it sometimes in a movie, in a TV show, even when it doesn't have any real context. And the New York-based TV situation comedy Seinfeld was peppered with Yiddishisms like shtickle, meaning a little bit, and schmutz, a word that means dirt with slightly repulsive connotations. Whether Seinfeld's famous yada, yada, yada is Yiddish or merely sounds so is a shyla, a question for another day. I'm Adam Phillips reporting. (laughs) 